How will the biostatistics industry evolve in the coming years? It's sad still an important skill recruiters look at when hiring for a biostatistics-related job. In this episode, you will hear Dr. Xiaoling Wu answering these questions after being in the field for over 15 years. Xiaoling holds a PhD degree in statistics from the Johns Hopkins University. She has contributed to over 10 successful global submission of drugs treating cancer and CNS disorder. She was a director and head of biostatistics in Legend Biotech in New Jersey and led the successful BLA submission of a breakthrough cell therapy treating multiple myeloma during her three-year tenure. Currently, Xiaoling is the statistics technical lead of a game-changing ADC at a leading global oncology company. Xiaoling was the lead statistician of five successful IND clearance and one BLA MAA PMDA approval valued at $5 billion. She addressed statistics queries from FDA, SEC, and institution investors and co-authored over 150 abstracts published at ASCO, ASH, and other international medical congress. Let's dive in this episode and see what Xiaoling is sharing with us. Welcome, Xiaoling, to our biostatistics podcast. Uh, it's really nice to have you here with us. So, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And guys, I want to talk about how I got to know about Xiaoling. <laughs> so there is a ch- really popular Chinese social media called Red, which is basically an integration of Twitter, uh, I would say Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And Xiaoling posted a lot of videos and posts about uh, to share her uh, experience on um, career planning or some interview uh, suggestions and how to be a better statistician in general. So I thought I would reach out and see if I could interview her and join our podcast. So Xiaoling, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you became interested in biostatistics in <laughs> particular? Sure. And uh, yeah, it's my pleasure, uh, Justin, that, uh, and thank you for uh, this opportunity to uh, talk talk with you uh, about um my statistic career and perhaps uh, potentially sharing with other statisticians. Mm, the f- the first time I um, the the concept of statistic came to me was when I was maybe in elementary. Well, uh, I traveled with my mom and then we went to a university in Beijing. I think it was it Beijing Normal University, and then. She pointed to me to uh, to um, a building. She said that she uh, got some training. She is a college uh, uh, professor. Well, she's already retired. And and the the name of the department is Department of Probability and Statistics. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my mom chose the major of statistics for me. That's how I know statistics. And <laughs> looks like she maybe she did a good choice. Well, we'll see. I see. And after you chose this, I guess, this field, do, do you like it so far? I guess you do. You've been in the field for so long, but uh, mm. what's your impression on it? And why did you decide to stick with the, the topic? Yeah. So I went to uh, college uh, in uh, Nankai University. Uh, uh, back then, statistics was part of the one major out of that math department. Now they have their own department. 
So I, mm -hmm. I learned uh, quite a lot, the foundation of uh, both statistics and mathematics, including calculus, uh, geometry, and other things. Well, and then the professors, most of them have a uh, US uh, experience. And so they they said 20, now is 22nd uh, century is the century of biostatistics. And then so uh, I wanted to uh, be uh, to study statistics and US would be the place to be. Mm, mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, and then luckily I received a full scholarship from Johns Hopkins University, the Department of uh, Applied Mathematics and Statistics. That's how I came to the United States in the in the beginning of this century. Um, yeah, and then um, I think uh, statistics, I, I when I became to know statistics better, it, it is actually a, a, um, a curriculum, a discipline that not only that uh, you can use uh, math to solve a real world problem, and it actually requires a lot of communication between statisticians and between statistician and non-statisticians. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, uh, for several years, a stati statistician was ranked as uh, one of the best job um, in United States, like several consecutive year. And then maybe now it's not like as hard as um, you know some of the tech, but it, I would say it's still a good job. I see. And uh, did you work on a lot of applications when you're in school in terms of biostatistics or was it mostly, mostly mm. uh, statistical theory? Related? <laughs> yeah, um, in the first uh, for the at Hopkins, the first three years, we really focused on theory like uh, probability, mathematical statistics, stochastic theory, geometry, algebra. But then uh, and then we have to pass uh, something called qualification exam mm -hmm. like and then and then uh but um but i think uh, because we had the advantage that we had a public health school and medical school and then uh so uh my professor uh a doctor uh, professor dan Neyman, uh and then he 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 suggests i could look into uh some problem in statistic genetics although like uh and then i get to work uh on um uh, back then we work at uh, SNP. It, it's um, a location over the whole um, DNA chain, and then um, so I work on problem uh, of uh, estimating the um, uh, false discovery rate uh, of the uh, gene mutations for uh, twins and uh, triplets with a certain uh, genetic disease. So it's both theoretical and have the potential to be applied. Right. And then if that's the case, how did you make a decision to um, go into the industry mm. after you graduate? Yeah, that is a relevant question because uh, back then, um, the <laughs> most of the graduate students uh, in uh, my department will choose academic and the professor when they talk about uh, pharmaceutical industry they will say uh, she or he went to the dark side and <laughs> uh, I well because my parents were both college professors I was just kind of tired of uh, the campus life so <laughs> that was one reason and then um, 
And then、um, for my first job,、um, like I, I get something like a summer intern, but it's pretty. It lasts several months. That the company was actually focused on statistics genetics. So I got to apply、uh, some of my understanding and knowledge from、uh, the thesis work to the to the job. So and so that's so、uh, even my professor thought that that fits、uh, my interest.、Mm, I see.、Um, I guess we're not talking about exactly what you're doing at your current job, but can you give us a brief,、um, I guess, back、um, a brief introduction of in general what do you do at your job? Mm, yeah. Uh, since I I'm still uh new to the company, so I I like to <laughs> when I when I'm ready, I can share. So uh, I I'm currently the technical lead of an uh ADC uh compound uh treating breast cancer in a, a top oncology company. So then um as a as the technical lead um the understanding is that I'm like the gatekeeping of uh. All the statistic de- delivery of、uh, the those specific projects,、mm-hmm. mm, so the work not include um like um ensuring the statistic validity, but also timeline, um and then um and then the uh regulatory uh submission um the entire um strategy, the execution strategy and、uh, submission of that compound. Regarding to the statistic aspect, I see that's interesting. Is you mentioned this is your new job, so I'm wondering, is this sort of similar to whatever job you were doing before this?、Mm, yeah. So I, yeah, I since the pandemic, I did change job twice.、Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then、uh, before the p- pandemic, as you can see in my、uh, LinkedIn profile, I, I was the Uh, director of statistics at Legend Biotech,、uh, sort of a startup focused on、um, uh, treating uh, uh, cancer uh, with cell therapy,、mm-hmm. and then、um, and then I I work for another <laughs> uh, top pharmaceutical company in that,、um, but I see that、um, although it's it's like three different job, but I see I learn different aspects,、uh, mm-hmm. and and then.、Um, Leading to、um, my、uh, next ideal job, which is to become a statistical leader in、mm. um, in a company of reasonable size. So I I, I, I think it's I I learned different aspect of that kind of job. I see. So、um, when you're talking about statistical gatekeeping,、um, was it more of a technical gatekeeping or is it was it more of a regulatory、um, mm. side of the gatekeeping? Yeah, it's uh, it's first uh, make sure everything we deliver is right in terms of、uh, statistics, right?、Mm-hmm. And then um, what whether uh, first like um, there are um for for statisticians in the pharmaceutical industry, we have um planned analysis. Mm, which is described in the protocol of a clinical、mm-hmm. trial.、Um, so then the, the planning and then including、um, the endpoint, the statistic methodology, and then how to report the、uh, 
how to report these data, like in what kind of table, listing, or figures. So like make sure we uh, we uh, meet all the standards, um, the industry standard and the regulatory standards. So uh, and they are, they are correct. It, it's validation is a very important part of mm -hmm. uh, a statistician's job. You always have to either validate other people's work or validate your own work. Sure, and then sure. yeah, but oh, and 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 then there's also uh de determine the strategy uh, of uh the the compound that I'm working on uh, along mm -hmm. with the other functions. I see. And I guess I'm also wondering if it is true that people say in the pharmaceutical industry, it is SAS is the main uh, language to use in terms of clinical submission and everything. Mm. Mm, in the past 30 years, yes. Uh, so uh, in the past 30 years, SAS is the almost the only statistical software that's used to uh, produce table listing figures. Mm -hmm. And there's something, this is something like we didn't know at school is that uh, for a regulatory submission, um, the comp the sponsor uh, not only actually not only uh, uh, re required to submit the table listing figures of the result, but actually mm -hmm. um, there's uh, things called uh, Adam and SDTN. They are actually SAS data set as well, but FDA required to receive them, so their statistician can use those um, uh, ready to analysis, ready to run analysis type of data set that's mm -hmm. uh, Adam and SDTN to like replicate the sponsor's result. So we, so then all those um, table listing figures and the ready to analysis data set were all it are required to be delivered in the format of SAS. Mm -hmm. It's only in the past five, maybe in some European company, they started uh, to, uh, to utilize R as well because R is, has other advantages, but it's only in the past even five years that um, there is, um, so there, uh, FDA is also getting more flexible. And then, um, and then in addition, uh, well, um, but then um, at the design stage of a, 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 a clinical study, like when, when statisticians design the study, for example, for uh, sample size calculation, power calculation, that's the most impor important part of uh, from statistic aspect when designing study, right? So uh, FDA, I think they they start to be to accept um, like um, uh, simulation that mm -hmm. that's not um, that's generated in in R, but but I I think in my past experience they prefer commercial software. Um, commercial software means not not only SAS like statistician can calculate sample size and, and power using some commercial software. I think they prefer commercial software than open source, which means are here, right. but it's changing. I see. I just think in a lot of school trainings, I don't think we are really familiar with SAS as a statistical software. Yeah. It's, and also the SDTM and Adam you mentioned, I think I've only seen them. 
yeah I've only seen them in the job descriptions when I started looking for jobs and then I look at them they said oh so you're scary <laughs> and I don't even know where to get those resources because it seems like you have to take courses and then mm. so I, I guess another question would be where do you usually get knowledge on about SDTM and Adam yeah yeah, I understand. Like the in the past five years, because I I've screened like resume of uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, students, a PhD or a master students, and <laughs> I understand that. Um, and so, how do you like? And then, if you go to a new job, then how do you transfer from an R user to a SaaS user? Well, um, in I think in in big pharma, like if you have a programming team, they are a statistical programmer or or some company call them statistical analysts, then it it's probably okay that you can import uh Adam <laughs> SDTM to your R environment and then you validate other people's work or run modeling and simulation with using your R code, but then uh, but then your R code is not probably not fit for regular mm-hmm. submission. But then right. when you receive like uh, dozens dozens of SDTM and Atom uh, SAS data set, then what do you do with them? Um, I may, yeah. So usually a company of certain size, they will constantly provide you training, including um, SAS. And then, uh, and then SDTM and Adam, and then you get to, you actually get to review and actually have to validate them for your job. Um, yeah. So then, uh, otherwise, you you can look out for uh, trainings provided by programmers from the industry, or uh, and then there's also guideline by FDA. There's actually guideline by very detailed guideline by FDA. Uh, so if you're saying if we go to the FDA website, we might be able to find some resources regarding the yeah I in yeah in the past I've trained I've <laughs> trained a uh, fresh uh, PhD students uh, on on this mm-hmm. request. So I I understand that there is a gap. Right, and do you think this gap is very universal? As in most of the students who just who are fresh graduates, they don't have they don't mm. access this kind of knowledge. It is like in the past, like at least the students are like, they would say, I know both SAS and R. And now it's like, I only know R. Right. I, I don't know why is that. Um, so how do you, your question is, how do you get to that level, right? I think my main question is, is it common for first oh, it's it's uh it's quite common, but 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 when we talking about fresh uh, uh fresh graduate, they they may be completely fresh to a company, but uh, nowadays a lot of the uh fresh uh graduate student they actually had intern mm-hmm. experience, they even had intern experience working as a SaaS programmer. Like I don't know how they get to that job if they don't, but. But that's so not everyone came to the pharma industry like completely um, naive about. So, yeah, (laughs) that makes sense. 
I guess regarding that, how do you think the industry will evolve in the coming years? And what are some new development or innovations do you see on the horizon? I guess, including how will the regulatory uh, be changing, for mm. example? Yeah, that, well, yeah, that's a big question. Mm, the first thing I think about is, I think um, the pharma biostat, mm, the, the society, how to say, the community, is mm-hmm. getting more and more competitive. Um, it things like are changing almost year to year, especially after the pandemic. Like mm-hmm. uh, before the pandemic, like um, I think um, th- things were not that competitive. Like and and then um, ever since that, like the the tech industry is um, like grabbing some of the uh, talent, statistic talent. Like people will will like feel like there is a safety net, but then now, uh, with the <laughs> with a wave of layoff happening in 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 tech industry, I I, or or just and also because um, uh, the pharma pharmaceutical industry is getting more and more global. Like you can like you are you are based in Canada, right? And you mm-hmm. and I are talking, and and don't forget there's talent in Europe and Asia as well. They can do your job with a fraction, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, or maybe not a fraction. Uh, in, in Europe, maybe less, but in in Asia, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a, a fraction of what you, um, right? And but yeah. they they can do pretty good job. And some of the uh, talent, statistic talent in say India and 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 China or even Japan or or Korea, uh. They are pretty good. They they are they are they both um they are they can be good at communication, English and statistic and programming. So yeah, so I, I would just say the entire the trend is that um the uh pharmaceutical uh statist- statisticians are getting more and more competitive, mm-hmm. and um we should uh learn from um, statisticians from other industry, uh of course the 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 data scientists uh, from tech, but also from um, different section of government, like like mm-hmm. it's FDA. There's also other um, other um, government um, that they uh, employ statistics. I see. I guess with that being said, do you have any advice on for students or people who are looking for a statistician job on how to how to make ourselves more competitive under this big environment? Yeah, I think that's something we should think about at least weekly. How, weekly. <laughs> how do you, how do I become a better statistician? Um, so first, uh, you you need to notice the trend. Like, right? Not only, of course, of course. First is if I'm already in the industry, you would know what are the major companies out there, what are their uh, product, and of course, your own companies product and um so 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 you know what what skills you need and what was expected out of you and and it's also because you get yourself prepared for new opportunity otherwise if a new opportunity approach you you may not even know that's something that's worthwhile yeah, uh, yeah. or or you may not have the skill set at the time the op- opportunity approaches you then Right. Um, yeah. And then definitely uh, uh, 
maybe that's what you guys maybe have already been doing uh, attend um the um industry conference and uh now nowadays there's a lot of virtual training as well right mm -hmm. and then mm, almost like and then i i i read something like um people in the tech industry they spend about a hundred hours every year in learning new skill but because well maybe they, their skill like is changing more often mm -hmm. but then nowadays uh the statistics is also that requires a lot of learning i see um that's pretty good advice i guess to be more specific what are some skill set skill set ex exactly that you think yeah when i like i when I like, I used to uh, manage and mentor like uh, fresh uh, or 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 intern uh, students. Um, I think mm -hmm. there are several aspects of uh, statistician skill set. Um, the first is, of course, the statistic foundation. Mm -hmm. You've um, that's that's the classes you you maybe you learn at school: survival analysis, regression, hypothesis test. But not you not only should get good grade but you you should also uh learn to explain statistical concept to mm -hmm. non-statistician and you 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 will try to be able to translate their question into a statistic problem yeah, yeah. sometimes they they might not know what they want and you you need to like move them to the <laughs> Mm -hmm. you let you 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 would uh you need to um let them know what you are talking about and you also need to understand what they want um yeah. sometimes they don't know what they want they need your help to define what they want <laughs> then yes uh and then um so and then that goes to the second part is the um the ability so that's that's that includes um oral communication but also mm -hmm. written like you, you are able to specify and what analysis you plan, right? And so that's right. the um, that's the statistic foundation and communication, um, and then uh, and then definitely the the programming skill. But I I think nowadays the <laughs> the younger generation is is uh, pretty good at the programming foundation. But we talk about like most of the students is um, like much better at R than SAS. Mm -hmm. So you, it, it, it um, definitely helps if you can uh, learn some SAS because it's actually a, a statistical software. So it involves a lot of statistics um, and it's different from R. I see. Mm. So I guess to summarize, to, be, to become a more successful statistician, first we need to have a really a solid statistical foundation mm -hmm. and we need to be able to communicate those yeah. statistical concepts with the non-statisticians and mm -hmm. then we need to solidify our um, SAS programming because that's what's needed in the industry if we were go to the if we were to go to the industry is yeah. that right I see um so is there something that you wish that you knew when you first started your career in biostatics mm. yeah like uh we uh the statisticians always talk about like um mm, doing a good job in in the company in the industry is different very different from school because there is no test 
like right. and then or someone grade your test and then you you know you you pass or fail or you you get a very good score there and there there's no textbook there's no actually and and no one is there like to be your teacher everyone else has their own job so i think um the um the soft skills for example the well in chinese we also say emotional intelligence is for uh, uh one's uh, success but um, but translate to corporate life um the how how you uh can become successful in the corporate setting uh emotional intelligence means uh that you can um understand you can sense uh comprehend pe other people's emotion mm -hmm. and then um you can manage your own emotion and and utilize uh these skills to build relationship with uh people and 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 then um even um getting the job done um by um because you build a good relationship with people i see that's uh, i'm pretty sure that's definitely really useful <laughs> and um I guess we have a time constraint. So to conclude this episode, the last question is, what is one question that you wish I could have, I would have asked and how <laughs> would you have answered it? Or it could just be something that you want to share personally to the audience that you think would be helpful. Um, yeah, I think... Um, what so yeah we we uh briefly touch about it i think the the whole um pharmaceutical statistics community changed uh since the pandemic pandemic mm -hmm. is just a in in important uh change factor in 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 many sense like uh i think that um one the, we we talk about like uh the the changing um environment in the tech industry um because mm -hmm. they they bloom they they prosper during the pandemic but also they change uh how we work right before mm -hmm. the pandemic like most of the yeah most of the old school leaders were completely were not uh, acceptable to uh, <laughs> work from home. Now mm -hmm. it's like, so we take things for granted, but before that, so that 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 just changed not only uh, the way we work with our uh, colleague, but it's also how we can build a work-life balance. And like, like, cause at, at home you can work 24 hours, then mm -hmm. how do you make sure yourself uh, is healthy? physically and mentally and not burn getting burned out that's and then how for um maybe this is not just for uh women maybe for men and women like how do you maintain a work-life balance when you have kids things change like because when I was at graduate school I I was like uh if I study hard I will get good grade then if I work uh when I if I have a job if I work over time then maybe I'll get better but when I have kids maybe I cannot like work mm -hmm. 24 hours so yeah you you can so as uh when you are at uh, at the stage of uh your uh the beginning of your career you, you you can think about not only like 
I want to be VP of this company in 10 years. But you also, you can also think about, do I ever want a family or not? Either way is fine, but you, you, you can uh, plan, plan your life and your career around it. I see. I guess that's, that's really good advice because <laughs> sometimes I think about uh, like personal future and the academic future and I guess the career future. When I said personal future, it's like personal plans in terms of family and stuff. I guess it is something to think about when you start your career because it yeah. needs a long-term plan. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Shelin, for sharing all your experience and insights. And it was really nice to have you on this episode. Thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. <laughs>